Bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin. But they still reveal things to us. As they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table, the story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Hello and welcome back to the special edition of Bone Thrower's Theater where we are playing Swords Without Master. This is Johnny playing the character of Minkus Furhaven. And this is Jeremy playing the character of Rindesh Tell. I'm Jordan and I am playing the Overmaster. And I'm Jeff and I'm playing Randall Prouse. So, we just finished our final mandatory phase, which was a rogue phase. So now we're going to go ahead and just discuss the motif that was set up from that last phase of play, and then we'll go ahead and discuss what to do next. So the motif uh, that I chose for that last phase was uh, bring freedom to the lizards from the elves that enslaved them. So we're continuing on with the motif of bringing something to somebody. Because previously you had the motif of bringing the magic of the blood elves to Morwenna, Mm -hmm. the the woman from the northern tribes. And then also we had the motif of Shadow Shadow bringing the head of a blood elf to Rindesh. So at this point, I now have the dice in front of me. And I am going to go ahead and roll for our tone. Uh, what a, do you know? It's a six on the red die. So, so a glum. Two on the green. That means we are in a glum phase. I think we're going to be in a discovery phase. And since we've already established where we are in the present and why we are doing this in the past, I think we're going to go ahead and continue in the present. Picking up right where we left off. With the lizards all running back down into the Gash of Sorrow. So, as the lizards have run off into the Gash of Sorrow, you realize that you still have to cross over this horrific Invisible bridge. (laughs) Yeah, this horrific wound in the face of the earth. So, we're going to go ahead and pass the dice on to our magician, Randall. And so the rogue player immediately rolls the dice and reveals something the rogue knows or is just now discovering. Glum, again. Discovering that where the fight took place, the grounds are starting to crumble near the edge of the gash, revealing that there may be a path down into into the the gash. gash. Okay. What do you want to ask me about that path? I want to ask you if that path is man-made or natural. The path is neither man-made nor is it natural. Rather, this path is created by magic. And if it were created by the elves, then it would still not technically be man-made. Right. Yeah, that's true. I feel like we need to continue on with the discovery phase. So the rogue player can pass the dice to a new rogue player who immediately rolls. So, still glum. Still glum. 
Alright, um, looking over the cliff's edge, Minkus sees the bodies of the lizards that fell from the cliff when they froze. Okay. How many dead lizards are there? There are 12 dead lizards. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're the one who did it. Yeah. We will continue. And we are... Ooh. Jovial? Because it's a tie with... Oh, it's a tie? We're frantic. Frantic? In a discovery phase, Johnny? No. Okay, we'll... <laughs> How are you going to be frantic in a discovery <laughs> phase? Something, you can know something urgent is happening. Let me look and see if there's something specific that happens in the discovery phase for a tide die. I don't think there are. For a tide die. Yep. All of a sudden, the Grateful Dead burst out of the ground. <laughs> Shrooms start to blossom everywhere. That's great. <laughs> I'm not seeing anything here. Did you introduce a thunder for this? I did not. No. I thought they were supposed to be. Yes, they were supposed to be. When a tie is rolled during a discovery phase, the rogue player reveals what the rogue should have known or noticed, but failed to. Right. They're still asked a loaded question, but the answer is known only to the rogue players, not the rogue. Yes. Okay. Okay. So the thunder, just to interject this, is that you start seeing what looks like blood elves coming through the trees on the far side of the Scar of Sorrows. You can see them... Approaching, yes, the approaching gash of sorrow. Approaching the gash of sorrow through the treetops. So we see them up in the trees. Up in the trees. Okay. I get to say what I should have seen. I should have seen that the blood of the crushed blood elves gets absorbed into the ground rather quickly. Okay. You get to ask me a loaded question about that. But only the player knows, not the rogue. Right. So the blood is being absorbed into the ground. Yes. Does that have anything to do with the emergence of the blood elves on the other side of the gash? It doesn't seem to be something that is related to them coming out of the out of the forest. Rather, it seems that they are coming to meet the party that was across on your side. There's a backup for the ambush. You don't know it was an ambush. No. Okay. All right, let's go ahead and continue. Continue. I'm going to pass it back to John. Well, well, since there's no bridge, except for the magic bridge that only magic users can cross. We haven't determined that. We determined that they can walk through air. People can walk through air. At a certain point. But we haven't determined whether or not that only magic users can do that. Well, I've said that... Only people with magic can walk If they the use magic or something. But all three of you use magic. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Technicality. Semantics. He uses a magical item. Mm-hmm. I still use magic. <clears throat> Some sort... It's a, a, bit of, a slightest bit of magic is what he said, so... Yeah. So, what I know is that unless that magical bridge is right here where we're at, the blood elves in the trees cannot cross here. Gash is too large for them to just jump from one tree to the next. So my question is, how do the elves appear to plan to cross? Several of the elves are actually carrying very long poles. 
Those could be very long poles. Yeah, very long poles. Yeah, because you said this was 500 yards. 500 yards. Mm -hmm. Well, you can tell that there are long poles. As you are watching, some of the forefronts come forward. They reach down into the canyon, and you can tell that the poles are extending by magic. Well, okay then. Yeah, let's go ahead and continue. All right, there you go. Yeah. That is jovial. So, something I notice is that the lizard things are attacking the poles that are coming down into the gash. <laughs> So the the blood elves, the, the blood elves have something to contend with, aside from the gash itself. Okay, that is pretty joking. <laughs> <laughs> it matches with their last commandment to free themselves from the elves completely. So, so my question is, will the poles continue to grow as they're being broken? Yes, they will. Even though parts of them are being broken, they are actually growing at twice the rate. Once they snap off, they start growing faster and then faster and then faster again. All right, so if they break them fast enough, they'll be too high up in the air to catch us. <laughs> so now, I, it sounds like we're done, right? Oh, well, that's, just, that's for you to decide. Yeah, that's... yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is for me to decide. Yeah, let's go ahead and call that the end of a phase. So the motif for that phase, um, but it's got to... Well, do the separate cards all have to tie to the original one, or is it just have to tie the individual cards? I believe they do have to tie in with each other just a little bit. Okay. Um, let me see here. Oh, okay. This is what we were forgetting. The morals. When the rogue players roll the dice, and neither die is greater than a three and there is no tie, a moral must be made. The moral is made of two parts, the unintended consequences and the lesson. In which phase? In any phase? In any phase. That yeah. was the if the dice was less than three. When you roll a moral, continue as you normally are playing out your part in the phase in the tone that you rolled. Your rogue will do what your rogue will do, uh, but something unfortunate, unwanted, or horrible will uh, result from your rogue's actions. As the rogue player, you weave this unintended consequence, or you can read this into your uh, description, but you do not have to. After the consequence is settled upon, the player who rolled the moral will now write a lesson. This is the thing that the ro rogue could have learned from the event if they were so inclined to be taught. Okay. We'll just do that going forward. Yeah, we'll do that going forward. I apologize, guys. All right. So, motif is what we were looking yeah, for. Yeah, we're looking for the motif. <laughs> <laughs> Once a motif has collected three elements, reveal the motif below it. This new motif must also collect three elements, but at least one of those elements must echo an element on the previous motif, so it doesn't have to right away. Okay. You must find something in your fellow player's words that reminds you of an element previously recorded. To aid this, keep the previous motif where everyone can see the, so that everyone may look for opportunities to echo its elements. So, so far the motif is bringing... Well, it says it must remind of one of the previous ones, so it doesn't have to follow theme. Right. But it at least has to remind of... Can I see the motif card that we already have? the lizards continue their insurrection. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. We're going to go ahead and enter into a perilous phase. <laughs> Guess what? We're glum. Glum, glum, glum. glum. 
things are becoming more and more hairy because you can see blood elves spilling out of the trees so onto the ground. There's lots of them. Yes. There were only five before. Mm-hmm. Now it looks like a small army is fast approaching. Blood elves pole vaulting across the canyon. The oh, Gash they, of they've Sorrow. they started pole vaulting. They're pole vaulting across the Gash of Sorrow. As they are going, you can see cages being swung through the forest. And these cages are, are large enough to hold humans. And as the first ones, the poles are being bitten by the by the lizards, what happens is the cages reach the front, they open it, and they throw out about 20 humans into the cavern to try and distract the lizards. And it seems to be working because as the, these bodies fall, and you can tell that they're living because they're flailing and screaming all the way down. These elves are horrible. More and more are able to get their poles into the ground, into the canyon, and start vaulting over. I'm going to pass the dice to Jeremy. To Rindesh. So you slip and struggle with this, against the storm. Yes. You decide to roll the dice. So at this point, the blood elves begin landing on your side of the, of the gash. And I'm rolling the dice. <laughs> ah, yes. Oh. Jovial. Okay. And as one is starting to focus on its landing spot, Rindesh is going to get his hammer ready and say, Bring me strength from my hammer and take a swing at it right as it lands. Okay. Uh, So you are able to connect with the elf. You hit it in the jaw, and it seems that the jaw just unhinges to the side and just slings its head all the way around backwards and this meaty cartilage ridden crunch of agony and joy but in its place three more elves begin their descent you got to pass off the dice well he doesn't have to and he gets oh, yeah, i can hold he, it to build tension he, he can now now i have passed it to john yep right, now go ahead and roll. oh look now we're in a frantic <sighs> So describe what you imagine as a frantic. All right. So there's, what would you say, about 100 elves or more than that? or 250 elves are coming towards you. 250 elves. At least it's not 4,863 orcs. This isn't a game of munchkin. What are you saying? (laughs) (laughs) So 250 elves. All right. Minus one. In order to stop them, I hastily draw my bow and just start firing at just fast as I can. Draw, release, draw, release. Okay. Hitting whoever, whatever I can. At the foot of the opposite side of the Gash of Sorrows, you can see blood elf shamans standing across from you, making wild gestures in the air, forming geometric shapes that are glowing a crimson blood color. And as they are doing so, you begin to feel yourself move more slowly, the air becoming gelatinous around you, and your arrows actually start heading off in all sorts of random, unexplainable directions. As long as they're hitting elves, I don't care. They're not hitting (laughs) elves at this point. And it seems that the elves are are moving faster than the human eye can track. I'm breaking in with a jovial. 
Okay. I call out to my comrades back from the edge. And they they begin to move as slowly as you could possibly imagine through this gelatinous pudding of air that is now surrounding them. I will say that Rindesh, yes, although he is moving slower, as he swings the hammer, it is still moving pretty fast. Yes. Yeah, I'm just still releasing arrows. Okay. Only now I'm not aiming at elves and just shooting them. They're just. <laughs> well, I figure if I can't hit him while I'm aiming at him, then. Right. You've never seen an arrow move like a slug before, as it just slowly. Are they still pole vaulting over? Yes. Are they moving at normal speed? Okay. Then, More seeing them moving in a gelatinous air. Your companions are. The elves are moving just fine. I'm. And the hammer is moving just fine. Yeah. In fact, it seems that the hammer, it's causing you a bit of trouble holding on to it. With my jovial roll. Okay. I'm going to, using my lantern, cast a wave of air that pushes all the poles back the other direction. Okay. And the ones that are on the edge will start to fall down into the gash. Okay. While it is knocking down the ones that are still vaulting over, there are quite a few who have now reached the side that you are on. So they're all fallen either back to the other side or down into the to the gash. Now you can go ahead and pass the dice off to somebody else. And remember, this phase continues until the overmaster gets the dice. Yeah. Right. The blood elves who have landed on your side of the gash of sorrow begin to actually form rings around you all. And they produce these spheres that are made out of giant, elegant-looking blackthorns that have a honey-colored substance dripping from the tips of them. And they begin to shove them into the slow air, pushing against it, making a smaller and smaller ring around you. Are we all in one? Or in no, you are in three separate. Three separate individual ones? Yes. Uh... And Jovial. Okay. So, realizing that he's having trouble holding on, instead of now swinging it, he's just going to extend it out to, I guess, pierce that sphere that's okay. enclosing in. Only assuming that since his hammer has got blood elf blood on it, mm-hmm. it's going to do something adverse to the sphere mm-hmm. with the weird unknown honey substance on it. Okay. So when your hammer hits the tip of one of the thorn spears, there's actually a clap of thunder. Like an electrical charge spikes between the hammer and the spear tip. You can feel the grip of your hammer. The head of the hammer actually is starting to rotate slightly on the haft of the handle. Also, it seems that shadow has been thrown back into the forest behind all of you. You you cannot see shadow at all through the through the press of the people. Glum. Thanks for noticing. I am going to use my feet heroic of Glum. Or do I want to use the jovial one? That's what you're supposed to do. Use yeah. the one to your... counteract. Oh, okay. Let's see. Yeah. Then I'm going to use my jovial one. Okay. And what does that say? As Soul Seeker bites into their flesh, I relish the feel of victory while Soul Anger, my lantern, 
steals their power. All right. So go ahead so, and describe what you're doing. Wait, doesn't that just change? Just, just for him. Yeah. Just for him. Yeah. yeah. So I use my rapier, Soul Seeker, and I stab into the heart of the blood elf that is in front of me. Mm-hmm. And as I do, the lantern in my hand flares up brightly, glowing with an intense red light as it draws in the bubble of moving gelatinous slow air into itself. And it sort of looks like the flame collapses, but it doesn't completely disappear. It just comes back down to a slow burn with a slight green tint to it because it's just drawn in all that power. And my sword sinks deeper into the heart of the man I was stabbing. All right, sounds good. You guys aren't going to give me the dice at all, are you? (laughs) So what happens as you stab the blood elf through the heart and you feel the magic pulsing back into the lantern, you remember your passage into adulthood with your tribe. You can see yourself going into the forest all alone and this is like moving in backwards in time so like you start off as you're coming back into the village as a full-grown man Mm -hmm. and you it rewinds through time backwards and you can see yourself as you are going through the different rites of your tribe Mm -hmm. you see yourself capturing and eating a snake you see lighting a a small candle that you will place inside your own lantern. And you see your mother kissing you on the forehead right before you leave to go into the forest. I am going to capture that memory and pull it into my lantern with the power that I just gained. As you do that, you can see the blood elves around you just start going into a frenzy because they realize that you've accessed one of the three things that you need to cross the bridge. Jovial. Okay. As the blood elves frenzy, their spell weakens around us. It's still there, but it's weaker. Okay. And I'm able to give a call out to the woodland creatures, say any that can help us come. And a badger comes out. <laughs> Badgers are vicious. This one offers you a horn, a magical horn, (laughs) some scrambled eggs with mushrooms, and the crown of Narnia. (laughs) So, you know, whatever willing creatures are capable of fighting of any kind, they uh, come charging out of the woods. What kind of forest is this? Is this more like, um, is this more of a tropical forest, or is this... uh, more the more European European forest. Okay. Yeah. So there are some mountain cats, some mountain cats, some you know wolverines, maybe yeah, foxes definitely, uh, wolves yeah wolves foxes. You got uh, some uh, antler deer, stags. Yeah, they come charging out of the forest. Yeah, along with the them comes Shadow, actually leading a pack of wolves. Nice. And of course, a cadre of bears. Yes. And a bee covered Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Who kills on our side now? <laughs> We're going to go ahead and strike that last one. <laughs> and I'll hand it back, place back to Jordan in the face. 
All right, so the phase has ended. That means we need to determine a motif that we can pull from this particular phase. Oh. So what was really cool that happened in that time that one of your fellow players did, Jeff? And one of my fellow players did? One of your fellow players. You cannot write your own poetry. I liked when Jeremy was like, come on, my hammer needs strength. <laughs> that was a pretty good line. I enjoyed when uh, Jeff sucked the power out of the butt elf. What about you, Jeremy? Jeremy liked the wolves. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the pack of wolves. What was the last motif? Lizards continue their insurrection. I'd be cool with the pack of wolves prepared to attack. Wolves come to the rescue. Or the animals come to the rescue. Yeah. Yeah. It was more than just wolves. It was a whole veritable army of forest creatures. And we're going to go ahead and stop with that perilous phase. And we will be back next time. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Bone Growers Theater. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. That means that you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at bonethrowerstheater. And also you can look us up on Facebook and Google+. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.